Chapter Two, The Shadow. Mrs. Darling exclaimed, and as if in answer to a bell, the door opened, and Nana entered, returned from her evening out. She growled and sprang at the boy, who leaped lightly through the window. Again, Mrs. Darling screamed. This time, in distress for him, for she thought he was killed, and she ran down into the street to look for his little body, but it was not there. And she looked up, and in the black night, she could see nothing but what she thought was a shooting star. She returned to the nursery, and found Nana with something in her mouth, which proved to be the boy's shadow. As he leaped at the window, Nana had closed it quickly, to lay to catch him. But his shadow had not had time to get out. Slum went to the window. And snapped it off. You may be sure, Mrs. Darling examined the shadow carefully, but it was quite the ordinary kind. Nana had no doubt of what was the best thing to do with this shadow. She hung it out at the window, meaning. He is sure to come back for it. Let us put it where he can get it easily without disturbing the children. But unfortunately, Mrs. Darling could not leave it hanging out at the window. It looked so like the washing, and lowered the whole tone of the house. She thought. Of showing it to Mister Darling, but he was totting up winter great coats for John and Michael, with a wet towel round his head to keep his brain clear, and it seemed a shame to trouble him. Besides, she knew exactly what he would say. It all comes of having a dog for a nurse. She decided to load the shadow up and put it away carefully in a drawer, until a fitting opportunity came for telling her husband, "Oh me." The opportunity came a week later. On that never to be forgotten Friday, of course it was a Friday. I ought to have been specially careful on a Friday, she used to say afterwards to her husband, while perhaps Nana was on the other side of her, holding her hand. No, no, Mister Daring always said. I am responsible for it all. I, George, darling, did it.
Mi kaupa, mi kaupa. He had had a classical education. They sat that night after night recalling that fatal Friday, till every detail of it was stamped on their brains and came through on the other side like the faces on a bad coinage. If only I had not accepted that invitation to dine at 27, Mrs. Darling said, if only I had not poured my medicine into Nana's bowl, said Mr. Darling, if only I had pretended to like the medicine, was what Nana's what I said. My linking for parties, George, my father gift of hammer, dearest, my touchness about trifles, dear master and mistress. Then one or more of them would break down altogether. Nana at thought, it's true, it's true. They ought not to have had a dog for a nurse. Many a time it was Mr. Darling who put the handkerchief to Nana's eyes. That's the end, Mr. Darling would say, and Nana's bark was the echo of it. But Mrs. Darling never applauded Peter. There was something in the right hand corner of her mouth that wanted her not to call Peter names. They would sit there in the empty nursery, recalling fondly every smallest detail of that dreadful evening. It had begun so uneventfully. So precisely, like a hundred other evenings, with Nana putting on the water for Michael's bath and carrying him to it on her back. I won't go to bed, he had shouted, like one who still believed that he had the last word on the subject. I won't, I won't. Nana, it isn't six o'clock yet. Oh dear, oh dear, I shan't love you anymore. Nana, I tell you I won't be bust. I won't, I won't. Then Mrs. Darling had come in, wearing her white evening gown. She had dressed Ari because Wendy so loved to see her in her evening gown, with the necklace George had given her. She was wearing Wendy's bracelet on her arm. She had asked for the loan of it. Wendy so loved to lend her bracelet to her mother. She had found her two older children playing at being herself and father on the occasion of Wendy's birth, and John was saying, 
I am happy to inform you, Mrs. Darling, that you are now a mother. In just such a tone as Mr. Darling himself may have used on the real occasion. Wendy had danced with joy, just as the real Mrs. Darling must have done. Then John was born with the extra pomp that he conceived due to the birth of a male. And Michael came from his bath to ask to be born also. But John said brutally that they did not want any more. Michael had nearly cried. Nobody wants me, he said. And of course the lady in evening dress could not stand that. I do, she said. I so want a sad child. Boy or girl? asked Michael. Not too hopefully. Boy. Then he had leaped into her arms. Such a little thing for Mr. and Mrs. Darling and Nana to recall now. But not so little if that was to be Michael's last night in the nursery. They go on with their recollections. It was then that I rushed in like a tornado, wasn't it? Mr. Darling would say, scorning himself. And indeed, he had been like a tornado.